Thank you for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest for this episode is Ron Kerbs. Uh, so, Ron, if you could uh, introduce yourself and give a little bit of background on the company to kick things off, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. My name my name is Ron. Um, I'm the founder of uh, Kidas, uh, originally from from Israel, now living in the New York City area. Um, I'm a very avid gamer. Really, really like gaming. Uh, and as as someone who, who grew up gaming, you I definitely noticed that people are being bullied or harassed while playing. And coming from a machine learning background and working in national security, I wanted to find a solution for this problem. And, and we actually created a, a solution as Kidas, and, and we'll t- discuss it later on. What do we do? Why do we do it? Okay. Well, so let's 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 I guess start by just trying trying to sort of frame the problem. So you 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 wrote a you wrote a blog post for us a little while back. Um, the responsibility of video game developers in keeping kids safe uh, while gaming online. So um, I guess you know, first of all, I, I guess my question would be, you know, how would you how would you describe the issue and how pervasive is it? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think people were talking about the pandemic and the COVID pandemic that we hopefully just exited like a few months ago, uh, but no one is talking about the, the pandemic in video games uh, and the real pandemic in video games is toxicity in video games. So uh, the statistics show that about 60% of the kids who play are bullied, scammed or harassed while playing video games. Uh, and most of the kids in the U.S. are playing video games. We're talking about 90% of the boys, around 70% of the girls uh, who, who are playing. So most of the kids are playing. Most of the players are bullied or harassed. Um, it's a huge pandemic. Uh, and most of it is actually happening within the games, in video, ch- in, in, in chats within the game, voice chats within the game. So if we're looking at the new, the new games or the new gaming platforms, um, many of them uh, have chats. Uh, voice chats. It used to be just text chats. Not now. Many of them have voice chats. We're talking about games like Fortnite. We're talking about games like Roblox, Call of Duty, or even gaming platforms um, like Discord apps that are being used by gamers to communicate with each other while they play. Those platforms, because they offer anonymity, because they offer um, the ability to connect without really identifying yourself. Um, is, is a common ground for online predators, for, for scammers, and also being used by the kids themselves to bully and harass each other uh, because they don't really understand that, you know, behind the screen there is a, a real person. It's not like bullying someone in real life. And because of the anonymity, they allow themselves to do something that they wouldn't do uh, in real life. And that's that's the, the issue now in, in video games. We're talking about PC games. We're talking about Xbox. We're talking about PlayStation, Nintendo, mobile games. Uh, all of those games um, are in risk, are putting kids in risks. Um, and just, you know, just to clarify, I'm a gamer myself. We're not saying that games or video games are bad for kids um, we were saying and i'm saying that we should do it in moderation in a safe way um, and parents should be aware uh, parents and kids should be aware of the risks uh, that video games include okay well so two things come up for me out of, out of what you just said number one is um just that that behavior the behavior in general is you know seems you know, bad. Definitely, that's it's an issue we should address. But I would say, 
it, it also is an issue like th that specific issue extends to the whole internet. I mean, it extends to adults. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's part of sort of like the like rabid polarization that we have, you know, like if I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am a, you know, I am a far left progressive living in Houston, Texas. So I'm definitely not not in the right place. Um, but I can tell you that when I go outside and I go to the store and I interact with people, like people aren't just rabidly conservative face to face. Um, you know, they only they only spout off with their MAGA BS, uh, you know, online. And so I think it's it's kind of the same thing. And and I guess all the more reason for for kind of where you're coming from and trying to solve the problem at a younger age. Like maybe if we can stop kids from being indoctrinated indoctrinated into this notion of anonymity and it's okay to be, you know, basically it's okay to be an asshole online <laughs> because you know nobody nobody knows who you are. It's like well let's 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 break that cycle and then maybe we can you know solve solve the larger issue for future generations. Yeah, and I think that the problem with gaming is even is even more difficult than than one you what you describe because you you talked about like probably Reddit or social media people express their opinions um, and and you know we see radical groups on on those platforms and we see hate speech and we see a lot of bullying and harassment um, but some of those companies are trying to address it I know that Facebook and Twitter have big moderation teams and they're using technology to do that especially you know in text chat and, and co text communication the problem in gaming and voice is actually a little bit more difficult technologically and um, so imagine two players talking with each other and they're talking while playing the game and because they're talking and and are being you know are being present in a pretty violent situation, they're shooting at each other or they're playing a violent game, sometimes it's, it's harder to understand if the communication, if what they're saying is related to the game or it's right. something that is considered hate speech. If I'm going to tell you I'm going to kill you and we're just playing Fortnite and we're shooting at each other, it's probably not relevant. It's not hate speech. It's part of the game. But if I'm doing it on social media, I'm going to I'm saying I'm going to kill you. Uh, it's definitely something that should be considered a, a threat or, or something like that. So I think that's something that makes it a little bit more difficult to understand when we're talking about voice conversations. Another thing that I would add about voice conversations that in a lot of the cases you have to in, to understand the intent. And so when someone you know is writing a text, and the only way to to understand you know the, the meaning of the conversation, the meaning of the words is just to look at the words and and sometimes emojis. And when we're talking about voice chat, there are so many other cues that you can use to understand the context. You can use the tone of the speaker, and you can use you know pauses in order to understand. And if they're trying to emphasize something, you can use their emotion. Uh, if they're saying something with uh, with a lot of emotion, are they sad? Are they angry? Are they crying? And um, all of those things should be and are indicators in to to detect if, if we're talking about severe bullying or we're talking about a normal conversation within a game. Yeah, well, and that was actually the the, the second the second thing that jumped out to me was the the idea of these platforms and these games offering the ability you know, offering the voice chat because that, that that does change things like it's it's i think i think a lot easier technologically for me to build a filter for any you know text chat that says hey look for these keywords look for people saying these things um 
I think it's it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder in general to monitor audio conversations, but based on like the scenario you just described, it's even more difficult because, like you said, if I'm playing Call of Duty with someone, we might say all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, how do you how do you differentiate between me saying I'm gonna you know blow up the uh, the the position of the enemy or me saying I'm gonna come over and blow up your house? Like you know, that's <laughs> two different things, but hard to discern. Yeah, and and I, and I think it's even been you know it's even more difficult when when you're dealing with sophisticated players. So we're assuming that not all of the players who are using the game are actually doing it for fun. Some of them are actually online predators or scammers, and, and they're not just playing it for fun, they're playing it as a hunting ground for, for their victims. So they're using sophisticated ways to basically deceive their victims, and they're using voice changers. So you may talk with someone and think, yeah, it's a 13 years old boy or a girl, uh, but they're actually 40 years old and they're using voice changers. They know, you know, what type of words the the filtering me um, mechanisms of the big gaming and um, developers filter, and they know exactly not to use those words and to use other slang words to, you know, to deceive those systems. So we're, we're talking about sophisticated players. Um, and they know exactly what to say and how to say to convince their uh, to their victims that they they should be talking with them and they're actually legitimate players. Well, also, and and I don't know, you know, how I don't know how the numbers compare. Like if these are even 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 issues or if one's much bigger than the other. But on the one hand, there's you know like what we've been talking about in terms of kind of violent speech, hate speech, cyberbullying. There's also you know, grooming and indoctrinating that happens in those platforms as well. You know, so it's like sometimes it's not, you know, maybe, maybe it's not violent speech or, or hate speech. Maybe it's just I need to be looking for suspicious speech of someone talking to, you know, my child online and possibly like, you know, starting some sort of a, a, a friendship that, you know, shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um... You know, the numbers are crazy. Um, it's estimated there are around half a million online predators active in, in any given moment trying to target kids uh, on online platforms, uh, especially gaming. So we, we're not even aware of those people, uh, but they're out there and trying to, to target people. And, and I can tell you that, you know, based on our experience, we, we have an app for, for parents that alert them about, uh, you know, different situations within gaming. We had cases of kids, you know, sharing very private information, sharing their parents' credit card numbers because someone convinced them that by giving them their credit card number, they'll get some virtual assets. And then, you know, of course, those credit card numbers are not going to be used for, for good intention. Um, sharing their parents' social security number because someone convinced them. You know, we're talking about young kids. Sometimes they're, they're as young as seven or eight years old. And, and you know, they they are convinced pretty easily to, to share this information. And also, no one really taught them how to, to behave online because they were talking with all of those older gamers and all of those older gamers are pretty toxic themselves. So it's, it's not like they're getting a really good example from, from other players. And we even had a case of one kid who, who set up a meeting offline with someone uh, he met uh, within the game. Couldn't verify the identity, even always you know, already wanted to, to drive to the place a few hundred miles from from his parents' house. So a lot of very t 
terrifying cases that happen that are happening within these games. We are exposed to you know just a sample with with our app, uh, but definitely concerning is something that parents should be aware of. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't remember where I saw it, so I, I, I'm not going to remember what the, the context is, and it might not have even it might have been a, a, a fictitious scenario, just to make an example. But I saw something recently, like in the last month or two, about basically a, a, a kid who was like 10 playing online, made a friend with someone online, you know, he'd never met face to face or whatever. And the friend, you know, said something, you know, said something along the line that you know, it was like, hey, you know, I, I, I want to send you something. What's your address? And the kid gave him his address and he like, you know, had food delivered to him or whatever. But then the parents were like, wait, what the hell? Like, why? Why is your why is your 10 year old friend sending you food? Um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, kind of, you know, weird things like that. And uh, thankfully, you know, in that scenario, the parents were at least aware enough to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I didn't hear about this specific case, but uh, definitely crazy, crazy cases uh, happening out there. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, all cases are bad and you shouldn't make friends online. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that um, I, I'm a father myself. We, we as parents should be um, teaching our kids how to behave online, what is the right way, what of kind of information is considered private information, information that you shouldn't share, share online, even with close friends, close online friends, and what type of information you should share. You know, it's pretty it's pretty common for kids to share their, uh, you know, Xbox passwords and some of the other gaming passwords. Um, and they're saying like, yeah, I'm going to share my password. You're going to add some virtual assets to my account. I'm going to add some virtual assets to your account. Um, and, you know, in most cases between close friends, no, nothing happens. It's, you know, something that they're sharing between friends. But one thing that they should be aware of that sometimes, you know, their friends are not using um, their password as they intended them to to use them. So we we had one case of a kid who who shared his password. All of his virtual assets were stolen. And the specific kid wor worked on getting all of those virtual assets for more than two years. He stopped playing games uh, after that. Um, and then and then unfortunately his parents signed up for for Kidas only after uh, this incident happened. So we we couldn't prevent it. Um, but you know, those are kind of things that are happening. And, you know, we as grown-ups say, yeah, okay, so, okay, so his virtual assets were stolen, but those are really valuable for those kids. They right. uh, basically spent two years in order to, to get those, those assets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not a direct correlation, but the, you know, in-game in -game assets like that are somewhat equivalent i mean they, they predate nfts but it's somewhat equivalent concept or whatever it's like it it's just this digital thing but it does have value to someone you say it's just value to the right audience um the other thing i was going to say though is i was going to agree with you uh completely that yeah i don't want to paint this like kids shouldn't be online and nobody should play games and don't trust anyone online i mean my 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 kids are older but they my my sons have a friend they made online in 2005 <laughs> and i mean they've been friends like all this time i mean i think they i think they met her in person once but um i mean they still keep in touch and and flipping it around some i mean when i when i was growing up i moved a lot and so I, like you know we, when i was in california i had friends and then i we uprooted and we went to minnesota and i made new friends and 
no idea what happened to the people in California. That's not really the case as much anymore. Like my my, you know, when we moved from like when we moved from Detroit down to Texas, like my friend, uh, my my kids were able to maintain their friendships because the internet exists. And as people move around and you know leave school and go off over here and go, you know people move across the country, it it enables people to stay in touch and maintain those relationships that when I was growing up, you would have basically just lost that relationship. Like maybe you'd be pen pals for a few months and then it would get boring and you and everything would just kind of fade away. Um, so there's definitely a, a significant upside. Um, and there's a, there, and there's an upside to the just the companionship and camaraderie. You know, so like on the on the on the the positive side of this is Yes, you you don't have to just be sitting in your house playing a game alone. You you know like all all those things that like my parents would be like, well, you can't just sit in the house and and, and play games. You need to go like you know have have actual friends and yeah. stuff. And it's like okay, well, you know now you can be sitting in your living room playing a game and simultaneously having friendships and making new friends. You know, so all of those things are possible. We just also need to know that these issues exist that that there are shady people online there are shady things that happen and so let's bring this around to what should people know and 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 more specifically how does kitas solve the problem like if i if i'm a parent and i sign up for kitas like what are you doing for me yeah for sure so i think the most important important thing for for parents or grown up at all uh, is to understand what their kids are playing. What kind of games are they playing? With whom are they playing do, those games? And I think the best way to do that is actually sometimes you don't, you don't, you definitely don't have to do it all the time. Play those games with them. Like tell them, like, can I play, can I play Fortnite with you? Can can you teach me how to use Discord? And um, those kind of things. I, I'm, I'm sure that you know most kids actually will appreciate that. And um, their parents, you know, putting attention and, and and trying to understand what they're and what they're playing online and, you know, having conversations with them about it. And, and, and you know, some of the best resources out there, um, first of all, you can go to our blog, but the gaming database is, a, is another great resource that parents can use to, to learn more about game and then having those, have those meaningful discussions with their kids uh, about, uh, about those games. So I think that's the first step for, for every parent. And now a little bit about our software. So our, our software um, is the software that uh, parents install on their kids' uh, PC, uh, PCs and um, gaming devices. And when they do that, it's it's pretty easy. It takes them less than three minutes. It's just next, next, next. We automatically connect to more than 200 games, connect to their voice communication, connect to their in-game events so we know exactly what is happening within the game who is playing with whom and so on. And, and then we alert parents if we detect anything suspicious, anything that may put their kids uh, in danger. Um, we send them immediate alerts if something really concerning is happening right now. And we also send them weekly summaries about um, some concerning trends, but something that is not really uh, immediate, um, gaming activity, how much time their kids were playing with whom, um, what games were they playing, recommendations for other games that their kids and may like and so on. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I, I think that that, that that seems like you know good advice. You know, I, I I will say you know, so when when my kids were were younger, it's funny because they were playing Metroid, and then 
like Halo came out and we didn't have an Xbox, uh, you know, but they were, they were playing Metroid and then Halo came out and we were like, initially as parents, we were like, well, no, you can't play that. That's, uh, that's, that's much more violent uh, or whatever. But my, my kids eventually like me and my older son, like eventually kind of sold us on, you know, these games are effectively the same. Like the graphics are different, you know, so like the, the Halo graphics are a little bit, you know, they're, they're more realistic in terms of like, you know, you know, you being someone who's killing other things or whatever. But the actual like gameplay and everything is like it's essentially the same thing. You're doing the same stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, but obviously there, there, there are, you know, there's a range of game both like in terms of the the realism of what you're looking at and the, the gameplay between metroid and say you know grand theft auto you know and 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 both you know in terms of the the realism of the violence and kind of the open-endedness of like what what can you do in that world um which makes it you know i i think somewhat somewhat more challenging uh, on some levels but um you know, I guess one one question I, I I guess I have for you is where what are your thoughts on there's a lot of there's a lot of talk whenever something happens in in, in the world you know eventually someone comes back and says oh well, it's because of all the it's all the video games you have people playing these violent video games and that's why people are violent and it's like well okay well a people around the world are playing violent video games but the problems we're talking about seem to only exist in the United States. So that seems like a non, uh, like that argument shot down already. Um, but I also tend to be on the opposite side of that spectrum where I'm like, no, these are like blowing off steam. So I, so now I'm taking this, this, this conversation sort of from kids, even to into adults of like, yeah, is the game violent? Is the gameplay violent? Yes. On some level, but to me, the playing of the game prevents real world violence it doesn't cause it yeah i think i think there were a lot of researchers that you know suggested correlation between playing video games and shooting events uh, I, I have to say that you know none of those no none of those uh, researchers at least for what i know um has showed causation causation so they're all talking about correlation and yeah more people are playing you know shooter games and we have more shootings in the US. So there is some correlation, but you know, more people are driving electric cars and we have more shootings and, and we can set up a correlation there. It just, you know, something that is developing, uh, evolving um, as we, as we, you know, technology gets better and people are getting more access to, to video games. And so I, I actually don't believe that, you know, video games are the cause to um, violence uh, uh, outside. Uh, I do believe that, you know, some of the toxicity within gaming, gaming, and I'm not talking about, you know, the games themselves, the violence within the game, um, some of the culture within games uh, is encouraging a lot of racism, hate speech, and those kind of things are actually affecting real world. We, we see neo-Nazis group, uh, groups uh, recruiting people while playing. We see uh, a lot of racist groups uh, you know, trying to coordinate within those games. And so those are just platforms for people to, you know, to try to organize groups. But I don't think that, you know, the games, the characters, the uh, what they're actually doing in the game is what's causing um, uh, those things. Um, 
I'm actually, there is actually a lot of positive research about gaming, uh, improving uh, coordination, improving social behavior, uh, a lot of good reasons to, to let your kids uh, play those games. And I also encourage, and we're talking a lot about violence within games, I also encourage parents to, to look at some other aspects of games. So we're all talking about violence and, you know, that's one aspect of gaming. And some of the other aspects of gaming should be considered, for example, um, when we're talking about games, can we talk about multiplayer versus single player? And maybe if your child is younger and you want them to play, maybe single player is a better option because you don't want them to communicate with, with strangers. And some other aspects of gaming is in-game purchases. Like some games don't allow you to advance unless you make a lot of in-game purchases. It's, it's a lot of investments. So maybe you want to direct your kids to play in some games that don't require you, they require them to, to pay money in order to advance in the game. And, talking about rounds in the game some games are really really long so when you start playing the game when you sit on and, and start playing the game you you have to play at least two three hours in order to to get what you want from the games and some games have you know shorter rounds you can play for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and maybe such games are more appropriate for you know weekdays when you're you know your child is playing you know before dinner and you, you still want them to to do some other stuff and and then for for the weekend they can play some longer games so all of those features all of those aspects are definitely things that should be considered by parents when um, when they talk with their kids about gaming Okay. Um, not you know, like I, I, I recognize that you you're 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 solving a problem on on your end with you know with with what you know with what Kitas offers, and so I don't want you to put yourself out of business with this answer. But um, do you think it is there something that the platforms or the, you know that that Microsoft, Sony, Electronic Arts, you know whoever. Uh, you know, are there things they could or should be doing that would help? Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely think that there are two sides for, for the equation. And I think they should moderate those conversations and they should eliminate hate speech, uh, racism, all of those things from uh, from their platforms. And they, they are starting to use some um, some technology in order to moderate uh, those voice conversations. Unfortunately, a lot of the times their technology is not accurate enough and they still require um, huge moderation teams. People actually listening to those conversations and you know blocking and filtering some of the conversations in, in real life. Um, I think I think both both sides need to do their side uh, of the work. So ga gaming companies should assure that and uh, they have safer community for for kids um, but also parents and, and that's why we we believe that kids should be there, even if the, the gaming companies are doing the filtering and, and communicate in communication. Parents should have the ability to control and to to educate their kids about the, the, the right gaming behavior. Imagine that you know you, you have a, a bank account and the bank tells you, yeah, you cannot see you know exactly what transactions did you did you have, and we're just going to tell you the number at the end of the month. Um, but just trust us. We we have some systems to to make sure that everything works properly. You you definitely would not like it, and that's what what is happening within games. Basically, gaming platforms are telling parents, listen, 
and we, we're going to take care of it. You, you don't need to worry. Um, and we, we don't know, we're not going to let you access, you know, a summary or some, something that your kids are doing online. And, and we're providing, you know, the opposite uh, solution for parents. We, on one side, don't want them to, to get full access to what uh, their kids are saying online for, for privacy reasons. So we, we don't think that parents should get full transcriptions of everything their kids were saying, but they, they should get some, you know, summaries if something really dangerous happened. They should get some alerts about concerning trends and, and they should get some recommendations for talking points, things that they can talk with their kids about when their kids are encountering some of those uh, suspicious situations because at the end, we want kids to be better players, better gamers, and better online users. And the only way to do that is to, to teach them what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Um, so that's exactly what we're trying to do with Kidas. Okay. Um, all right. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I don't keep. I don't keep up that much with you know what 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 the current games are but I, I know that uh you know pretty much all of my kids are, are currently in the in the new zelda like that's 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 the end that that's the end thing this week um and that seems like a uh, that's always seemed like sort of a, a a fun one where it's like there's enough adventure there's enough thing going on but it's not like you know uh, it's not it's not as violent as some other ones um you know, but again, going back to it, it's like I don't think I, I don't think the violence in the game is I, I don't think it's really the issue that some people make it out to be. You know, so I think you know some of the things that we're talking about in terms of the conversations that are had or the or the way the way children are actually targeted or treated uh you know by others within the gaming community is is a bigger concern than the gameplay itself. Yeah, exactly. And and, I, and to other Zelda, I think that, you know, even among Kira's, uh, you know, employees, it, it has been pretty popular. I, I talked with a few of our team members that uh, are playing the the game in the last, uh, I think, two or three weeks. So, so definitely uh, has been popular. Um, I think you, you talked earlier um, about you know, the ability to play with other players and, you know, not to be, not just to play outside with player, with, with friends, but to play inside with friends. And I, and I think, you know, gaming has provided a, you can call it a revolution. So instead of, you know, having friends just uh, based on your location, so location-based friends were, were now moving towards interest-based friends. So I'm not just becoming friends with you because, we live in the same area, we live in the same city, we live in the same neighborhood. I'm becoming friends with you because we have the same interests where we like the same music, we like the same games, we like the same uh, content online. Uh, and that's, I think, has the potential to create deeper relationships um, if we use it correctly. So definitely uh, encourage everyone out there not, you know, you know, just to think about, you know, the, the hard side and, and the risk of gaming or online communities, but you know, do it in a moderate way, in a way that you know would promote safe, safe interaction for for kids and grown-ups. Yeah, well, you know what you just described. You know, I, I've I've had a similar conversation, especially at, you know as we went into the pandemic and everyone you know went into lockdown and we were all working remotely. Um, in the debate of 
you know, should people go back to the office or, you know, should they work remotely? Like one of the advantages, as far as I'm concerned, for a company is if I'm if I'm trying to hire people to come to my office in Houston, I can only cast a net that is like a 20 mile radius outside of Houston. Um, that's it. You know, so I can try to find the best employee in this 20 mile radius, but that doesn't mean he's the best employee. And, you know, so if if you switch to remote and you say, OK, well, I'm going to just this is going to be a remote job. Anyone can can apply for this job. Well, now I can look for the best candidate. Maybe the best candidate is in Stanford, Connecticut. Maybe they're in, you know, Billings, Montana. I don't know. Um, it, it widens the net. I can I can I can search anywhere. So in that same vein is kind of what you're talking about, which is it also means I don't have to just go to the, you know, my my kids don't have to just go to the ten houses that are adjacent to me, and that like that's their friend group, which is how it basically was when I was growing up. Like the friend group could be anyone, anywhere in the world, um, and it makes it a lot easier, uh, you know, to find like-minded people. Like you know, you might be friends of some sort with the kids in the neighborhood, and you know, maybe you guys go out and ride bikes or play tag or whatever you do, but that doesn't mean you're going to like really connect with them you know like like they're they, they don't they don't like all the same things you do they don't want to you know they don't have the same interests and when you open the world up and you say okay but now you can go online and 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 like literally kids around the world are part of the pool of, of potential friends now you can find people you actually like vibe with yeah and i think it's it's especially um you know especially common within for for you know more unique kids so kids with very special interests or um with very specific you know fashion taste or those kind of things because usually you know when they're within their neighborhood um sometimes they're being mocked for for their taste for for what they do uh, and they they don't feel the connection with, with others in you know in their near surrounding and once you have those online communities uh, and kids can connect all of them can find someone like them, someone who, who share um, the same interests. Um, and that's that, that's magnificent. That's like one, one of the best things that can happen to, to those kids. Um, so, so definitely agree with what you said um, about finding those online communities. And, and also for for employees, we, we're, we're fully remote as a company. I'm based in the New York City area, but we we have people in in Toronto, in Canada, in the Netherlands, in Israel. Um, so so definitely agree with that. Yeah, there there are some downsides to to not working from the same office, and we we try to to fly in, in some regular intervals to to meet each other. Uh, but I think we were gaining more than losing by having this remote team. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I. I don't have any other questions, so I will I, I will wrap. Uh, sometimes sometimes I wrap up by just saying, "Is there something I didn't ask? Is there something that you think we should have talked about that we didn't?" So I mean, feel free to add any closing thoughts. Yeah, I think we we basically covered anything that you know I wanted to discuss. Just you know, quick reiteration. Wanted to say that you know, games are fun, and make sure that you. We, we keep them that, that way, you know, by playing in a safe way, being involved in our children's lives online and offline, and, and making sure that they, they're doing it in a safe, secure way, and, but still uh, learning and evolving while playing those games. Awesome. 
Well, I want to thank you for joining me. And when I, when I, just for the listeners, when I publish this, I will also make sure I link uh, to Kidas. I'll also link to the uh, blog post that uh, Ron uh, previously wrote for us for, for you know, everyone to, to be able to read that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Tony. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.